1: Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm. We are wealth managers. I'm a certified financial planner, and I have three other people in my office that is are also certified financial planners. We are fiduciaries. And if you'd like to know more about our company and what a fiduciary means and our background, uh, just go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com every week what i do is i divide my program into three parts the first part is what i refer to as retirement update the second one is tactical asset management and the third one is news you can use now in the first part of the first segment of the radio program today retirement update i'm going to talk about something that i have talked about a lot in the in the many years that i've been on the radio and that is what are the odds of you needing long-term care. Now, now there are there's a lot of places and if you would like more information on this, just get a hold of me. I can give you several websites that you can go to that are very user-friendly, but it's important for you to understand what it is your probability that you are going to need long-term care sometime during your life so the numbers they vary but the message is very clear many of us are going to need some kind of long-term care before before we step out of this life now to start with um you know what is the likelihood so i can you can go to a website it is um it's longtermcare.acl.gov and then and just click on the basics now if you need that just need that information just get a hold of my office and we'll give it to you but according to the administration about 7 in 10 people 69% turning age 65 today are going to need some at some point some type of long-term care services that's a pretty high probability folks and and you're going to either either need it in your home or in your community or in a facility now typically women need care longer. They're about on average, they're about 3.7 years on average, and men are 2.2. And well, about one-third of the people who are 65 may never need long-term care. 20%, now these are stats you got to get a hold of, 20% will need it longer than five years. Now again, the cost of long-term care is extraordinary if you're outside the home or you're outside of a family support system. There is a, you can, there's a lot of information about this and you can take a more detailed look. Um, You know, there's, there's government, I mean, my goodness, the government has published so many articles and books and information about this, but you're looking at people that are, you're, when they consider long-term care, I mean, remember, listen to me very carefully. When surveys are taken, people are asked, are you covered for long-term care expense? The vast majority of people say, well, yeah, I have insurance. They have health insurance. I have Medicare. Listen to me very clearly. Medicare, your health insurance plans do not cover long-term care. There is some provision, but it's very short-term, and typically it's for skilled care only, and it's for about 100 days. If your care is required beyond that, the expense, the out-of-pocket costs are yours. And those can range anywhere from like $2,500 to $3,000 a month all the way up. I have a client, I have a client, he's passed away now, but his long-term care expense was over $17,000 a month. That's not unusual to have somebody spending five dollars to $7,000 a month for their long-term care needs. So therefore, 52% of Americans turning 65 today will develop a disability serious enough to require some kind of long-term care support now only about six one in six will end up spending at least a hundred thousand dollars out of pocket for such services and again there's 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 websites i can send you to if you'd like to have a copy of you like any of that information regarding websites i'll be more than happy to send it out to you but is the research is exhaustive remember the federal government tried to get long-term care insurance and they kind of made it voluntary and the bottom line is nobody bought it so it kind of fizzled and went away but that doesn't mean the need goes away it just means that there has been no provision to deal with longer mortality the longevity issues that we are being faced with as a group as the baby boomers continue to age is very severe and it's very real now baby boomers have just started to cross the line in the last few years going to a 65 so this is going to become much more acute in the next several years you get you go down the road about another decade that doesn't mean that is not going to happen if you put your head in the sand all you're going to be as exposed as your back end, and you're going to get yourself into big trouble so what to do to take away all this if you spend some time with any of these stats you start to realize that you need at least about two to three years of coverage what does that amount to that could be anywhere from hundred thousand dollars to over 250 thousand dollars depending upon who you talk to and where you live in california frankly we have a much better cost outcome with long-term care needs than other states particularly the states that are up in the northern part of the continent so like like minnesota north dakota you know montana those costs because their population they don't have a lot of immigrants up there and there's like alaska is horribly expensive alaska is one of the most expensive places to receive long-term care coverage california texas arizona you can you can kind of get the picture these are lower cost areas but it is still expensive So given the options out there, long-term care insurance, life insurance, annuities, reverse mortgages, continual care communities, and programs like veteran benefits, self-insuring, they're all options. And what I tell people is that there is no one single option that best fits for you. That's where you develop a plan and you stress your plan to determine what your health care needs are going to be and how is it going to be paid for and will it allow you still to end well in your life with economic stability and financial capability. So it's really important that these things be dealt with in a plan and a structure. So if you want to know more about this, if this is something, if you're listening to me and you're saying, you know, I really should take care of this, give me a call. Phone number is 951 684 7011. Let's build a plan together. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about tactical asset management. the market's reaction to the military hostilities you know this is what we refer to as a black swan event what that means is is completely unaware something happens that causes the economy to change direction 2019 we've had pretty positive outcome now most people's memory is pretty short because they don't remember at the end of 2018 and what happened the first part of 2019, but it was pretty volatile. We stayed in it. We didn't see any macro events that would change our positions. But on the end of the day, we had a really, really good um, growth of assets, good return on money through 2019. And so now everything is is kind of on edge. You know, where's the market going to go? But with these escalating tensions and when America went after this general from Iran, everybody started to hunker down. And the marketplace started to go through volatility. It's what we refer to as a black swan event. In other words, it's not something that is normal. It's predictable. It just shows up. And you cannot react to it quickly enough. And the retirees and soon-to-be retirees – this prospect, it raises the question, how do you respond to a marketplace if it starts to plunge? So in the event of political events, and I'm talking warlike events, so when we kill this general, the Dow future started to decline, and then it started to go down more rapidly. Now, a correction of 200 to 300 points in today's historical valuations is really not that much. But what it does is it creates unease in people In people's history. The memory of 2008 is still raw. And so what happens is people in a reaction, emotional value. And let let me listen. Listen to me. Emotional response to this becomes very immediate and people start to sell. They start to panic thinking, oh, my goodness, my assets are going to go away. And in a relatively short period of time, they start selling their assets at the bottom of the marketplace. Now, let's go back in history. Let's go back and take a look at what's happened over time. Let's go back to September 11th, 2001. Everybody knows where they were at at that particular moment. I do. I remember that morning when I was watching television and I saw the planes go into the World Trade Centers. The stock market It went down, but in the stock market actually closed. If you remember, the stock market closed, and when it reopened, it continued to to go down. In fact, it went down as much as 16% in a relatively very short period of time. Now, those people that sold in absolute panic are the ones that really ended up losing, because the market rallied after that in a relatively short period of time, and by, no, by November the 7th, the Dow was higher than it was when it closed before the market, before the attacks. So if we go back and look at historically, the patterns become very apparent that there are these black swan events. They are these events that nobody can predict. There's no reliability to when they will occur. So therefore, you can't prepare for them other than you hope that your government, our government is prepared militarily. To defend our country. And again, at the end of the day, I believe in America. I believe in the principles of the foundation of our country. All rhetoric aside, I believe America is well prepared now and has been in the past to protect themselves. We align ourselves very quickly to protect our boundaries. So the same patterns have occurred. For example, you can take a look at other events that have occurred historically. And going back, if we go back to the last. 28 worst geopolitical or economic crisis in u.s history going back to 1940 in 19 of those 28 cases the dow was higher six months after the crisis began the average six-month dow jones industrial average gained following all 28 crisis was 2.3 percent so you can see and you're listening to me right here it is wrong for you to panic it's wrong for you to make decisions based upon some emotional value that you think has some intrinsic benefit to you. The implications are really, really important here. So as people, as I sit down and talk with them, they'll say, well, what if, what if, what if? I'm going, that's not where we focus because you cannot focus your economic well-being based upon something you have no way of knowing is going to happen. Now, again, the biggest risk that we have going into 2020 is our election risk It's going what's going to happen in november but that becomes more of a macro event because if some of the candidates or one of those candidates gets elected and or there's a sweeping change in the political makeup in the congressional executive branch there's a sweeping change that would be considered a macro event we have to look at what that candidate could do how what the impact of that it would be upon the portfolio and we make adjustments accordingly but in most cases you've got some time to kind of think that one through whereas if war occurs or an attack like what we've had now if if iran retaliates now based upon the commentary that we've heard after that there was iran's response but they could respond again i think i think again evil is not going to go out quietly So when somebody is being attacked, it's not that they're just going to crawl in the corner unless they are defeated entirely like what we did in World War II in Germany. You know, Korea, we never ended that war. So therefore, we're still dealing with the evil in that peninsula in the world. So therefore, what you have to look at is what are the macro events that are going to affect the economy long term, like what happened in in 2008 or back in 2000? These are things that we look at and you make decisions based upon that information, not based upon something you don't know, because macro typically you're going to be able to get an understanding of what those what those aspects are prior to the event. So therefore, don't get yourself wrapped up too much in day to day headlines or all of a sudden there's a there's a blast across the news that's why i don't look at the futures markets i don't look at it before i go to bed at night because oftentimes it's not reflective of what the general market is and how they're going to respond to it the next day if you want to know how to build if you're heading into retirement you're into retirement and you need somebody to help you manage your capital manage it through good times and bad times and do it in a fiduciary capacity give me a call my phone number is 951-684-
0: or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, The Answer.
1: Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as News You Can Use. Now, this is more an article that I want you to ask for more than it is about news. It talks about the title of this article is Retirees Beware of These Errors," And it lists five mistakes. This is a Wall Street Journal article. In fact, I clipped this out back in April of 2019. So I've had this for quite a while, but I really like it. You know, it goes through the list of mistakes that retirees make. And these are common mistakes that I see again and again. And I've talked about this earlier in the program is that oftentimes people make decisions emotionally rather than intellectually. And and we're a basket of our emotions as well as our intellect. It's just that it depends upon, you know, who do you let drive the ship? And if the emotions are driving the ship, I can pretty much promise you, you're probably going to make the wrong decisions. Now, emotions are good at some point. In your life and certain aspects of your life, but when it comes to investing, when it comes to financial, oftentimes emotions are the deterrent. Is the thing that will take you in the wrong direction, or will have you make decisions uh, that will hurt you in the long run. So the number one mistake. This is this is this is from this article. And if you'd like to have a copy of it, just get a hold of me. I'd be more than happy to send you out a free reprint of it. But the number one mistake is investing too conservatively. Now, that doesn't mean you don't readjust your portfolio as you get closer to retirement, or if you have adequate funds. A comment that we often say in the office is you you only need to get rich once. And if your money is sufficient to meet all of your needs financially and allow you to end well and be able to do everything that you want to do financially, there's no reason to take unusual risk with your capital. But when you're younger, And when I say younger, I'm talking about in your, if you're listening to me in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s, if you have at least five years before retirement date, you should be investing in more aggressive. I just got a list from a client and he's in his 30s and he's investing money in a HSA account. And I looked at his, I said, send to me how you've got it invested. So he sent it to me and I went, you're 35 years old for crying out loud. You don't need to be putting money in treasuries and in bonds. I said, allocate into equities and he, and and it is way too conservative his asset allocation he's got 30 years before he'll ever use that money and get it out there so he can get get it investing get it growth you're not going to get growth in your portfolio if you constantly have this money in what i call safe harbors you've got to take risk you've got to plant your seed so that you'll have a crop at the other end of it the other one is what i refer to as mistake number two is spending mishaps. Oftentimes, people make really serious mistakes, particularly right at that point of retirement. So they borrow money or they, they buy things or they do things prior or right after retirement, and it really is upsetting their apple cart. It really takes away. So, for example, going on trips, they don't set aside money. They go on some major trip or they come back and say, I want to buy a piece of property in Spain or in Italy or whatever. I'm going, okay, that, that's out of left field. And do you consider the cost, the travel expense? Are you going to rent it? I mean, have you, have you thought this through other than you just had a great meal in Florence one day and you're saying, okay, I want to live here for three months out of the year. It, you got to think this through and see how it is going to affect your finances. Like getting your house ready for retirement. If you're going to remain in your home, make sure all the major work that's going to your house. If you've been in your house for 20 years, there's things that you want to do to your house. You want to remodel the bathroom, the kitchens, replace the windows, redo the roof. I mean, whatever you're doing, get all of that stuff done before you step into retirement because those are bigger expenses. And if you underestimate, mistake number three is underestimating expenses. The biggest one that people underestimate, of course, is health care. I talked about that earlier in the program, but a 65-year-old couple retiring now can expect to spend somewhere around $285,000 in health care expense. Now, that's Medicare premium, that is Medicare supplement premium, that's your copays, pays your, your deductibles, as well as long-term care needs. Now, that's over the course of time, so that's over about a 20 to 25-year period of time. So you have to look at that as ongoing, not just a lump sum, But it is underestimating one of the biggest underestimations that we have found in our practice. And I've been in practice now, folks, for over 30 some years. And the biggest thing that we never looked at early on, and that is dental. Dental is a big deal. And people turn 65 to 70 years of age. You know, you're if you haven't taken care of your teeth, all of a sudden you start to have major dental expenses. Insurance typically doesn't cover dental, particularly when you have reconstruction or you have implants or things like that. And I find that most of my clients don't get dentures. They get implants. That's expensive. The other other mistakes also is owing too much in taxes. The fourth one is lacking enough skepticism. B, have some buyer's remorse before you get into it. If you'd like to have a copy of this article, read it on your your own time. Think it through. Just give me a call at my office at 951-684-7011 or simply go to my website, which is www.retirementunlimited and just ask for anything that you heard today, including this article I just mentioned here in the last segment.
0: Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.